and welcome to the Deuce Podcast. Time changes things like fruit stands that turn into filling stations. But the footprints and signs from the past are everywhere. They've been fighting over the land since the first Spanish missionaries showed the Indians the benefits of religion, horses, and a few years of forced labor. The Indians had it right all along. They respected ghosts. You can't forget the past any more than you can change it. Hearing Catherine and Mulray's name started me thinking about old secrets, family, property, and a guy doing his part, a partner dirty. Memories are like that, and un, as unpredictable as nitro, and you never know what's going to set them off, like the clue that keeps you up uh, on the right track. Uh, that falls out of the pocket of someone's suit that you pick up at the cleaners. They're in a tune that you keep humming that you've never heard of. They're the wrong number you dial in the middle of the night. The signs are in these odd, familiar places. You only look uh, that you've never looked before, but you get used to seeing them all at the corner of your eye and the end of the tripping over the, the one might be in front of you oh sorry uh i'm bradley and i'm jerry and that was part of uh the script from our film this week that uh is a very wordy wordy film you sure it was just part of it not all of it? Uh, it was pretty much the whole film uh we're doing the sequel to chinatown called the two jakes the 1990 film starring jack nicholson in the same role he did in Chinatown, yep, of uh, Jake and Gittis. We are doing it because it's Noir Member Vember. Noir Vember. Noir Vember. Noir Burton. Noir. It's Noir, Noir Burton. Noir Burton. Which is a uh, a uh, uh, Noir with Lavar Burton. Oh my God, I would pay to see. that. I would pay to see that too. A Lavar. Uh, I can't even say it wrong now. <laughs> I'm having a hard time talking. He's too nice to be in a film noir. I uh, I opened up with that because I wanted to to say that this is a really fucking wordy neo-noir like too wordy yeah sometimes. yeah yeah to where it feels like it's and we'll get to it but it feels like it's forcing itself a little too much yeah i can see me. that do you know what i mean yeah to where i felt like mm, like it wasn't even like it was trying to pay an homage to like noirs and the first film but it just tried too hard for me. But I think that's, I think that's kind of a, a problem with neo noir in general. Well, as sometimes, as, I, as much as I and I love neo noir, like I really do, but sometimes they're trying to emulate something that just doesn't flow. So like, yeah, but you get something like Brick, which like like even though it's there's kind of plenty awkward. of wordiness in Brick. Oh, there's plenty, but but it's fun. It is fun. This is not fun to me. I didn't have fun in this movie. Um, but we'll talk about it. Yeah. But we'll get into it. Okay. It's the 1990s sequel to Chinatown, like I said before. The Two Jakes. Yes. Starring Jack Nicholson. Who else is in this movie, Jeremy? Other people. There is other people as well. No, um, Jack Nicholson, uh, Meg Tilly, yep, Harvey, Harvey Keitel, Madeline Stowe. Eli Wallach. Eli Wallach. Richard Farnsworth. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, he shows up. Uh, James Hong from the first movie shows up. Yes. In this movie. Um, uh, Ruben uh, Blattis. Yes. Who, um, David Keith, not Keith David. Not Yes, David Keith, not Keith David. Mm-hmm. Let's not go well, through I kept, that again. I kept saying that to myself. That's not Keith David. That's David Keith. Although I would like to see the two of them in the movie. <laughs> Maybe they could be in that uh, film The Wire with uh, LeVar Burton. That's they should noir, be. noir Burton. Noir Burton. Where he's a detective. <laughs> I'm all about that. Where he's a, yes, where yes. he's a detective that solves crimes through the books he reads in like children's books. Yes. But don't take my word for it. But um, um. <laughs> Jeremy, do we have a plot synopsis to this long, complicated movie? And it is long. Oh, it, it is a. It is a very... And I think it's unnecessarily complicated. Because I don't think it's that like complicated, is it? No, I think... Honestly, I thought it was... 
I thought it was less complicated than, than the, the first than movie. Than the first one. Yes. But the some of the connections just feel like... Like, I'm like, I still question that motivation. Or you feel like the, it's forced a little bit? Uh, Yeah, it almost mm-hmm. reads... I'll, I'll tell you what, it um, it reads more <laughs> like the plot of a... Like a CBS procedural TV show. <laughs> and seriously, where there's like... A bunch of quick turns and like, oh my god, now we discovered this new thing. Yeah. Now this new thing. Like, it doesn't, to me, it was just like a long episode of Castle. <laughs> More, you know, like, I mean, obviously with not the same characters and stuff, but like, where have it you was. You've been watching Castle too much. I have been. But it's but it's set up like a procedural. It was. It was like each thing. Yeah. I mean, well, Magnum P.I. has that voiceover. Veronica Mars has that voiceover. Yeah, but like I PIs have that voiceover. Yeah, but none of those I didn't feel like they I don't know, this one feels just much more I don't know, like the construction of it is just different. Mm-hmm. It felt more like well, of course this teed up into this and this and this and then mm-hmm. this is going to surprise you and then this is going to tug on your heartstrings and then this is supposed to happen here. But it doesn't quite work, does it? I I still I think it falls flat. Oh no, I I enjoy this movie. I enjoyed it. There's parts of it I enjoyed. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm, I, I feel I like I, I came it, in swinging hard. Like I was shitting upon this production. I'm not yeah. shitting on this. No, I, this I, I enjoyed Nicholson. it. But like um, this to me feels like um, this would have been like if they ever made a Chinatown. Obviously, you wouldn't call it that now. But like if they ever made like a a Chinatown TV series and this would be the second season with the two Jakes. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's beneficial to watch the first one. And if this was the first one, if this was the first movie, I don't think it would be, um, but a classic like Chinatown. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like we wouldn't have a second one. No. If, If this was the first one. Right. Do you know what I mean? No, I agree. I agree. But we are building, like, I mean, if we're going to talk about building mythology, which I believe yes. wholeheartedly doing it, but doing it correctly. This film does do that. And this is the last movie that Jack Nicholson directed. And may I add, I did enjoy, this movie is fun to look at. Oh, yeah, very much so. I think it's a beautiful picture and to look at. Yeah. Um, and... Um, Artistically, I think it, it has its merits. Uh, agreed. In, in the way that it looks. Yes. Okay, so this movie reminds me of... Remember when we went to see A Motherless Brooklyn? Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Yes. Like, it's a movie that, like, looks nice. Yeah. But doesn't follow through on plot and story. Yeah, and with the exception Like, the story is like... a B, but everything that looks good on it is, like, an A. Yes. I mean, right. The, yeah, and at least we but don't like have the story is like through, a B minus. We don't have to suffer through Ed Norton's awful Tourette's <laughs> thing. Correct, but but do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like that was because that took a lot from Chinatown as well, right? Yes, like yeah. the whole property thing. Yeah, in Chinatown you have water, and this movie you have oil. Yeah, right. And I think the third one that was supposed to be, if this one would have done better at the box office was going to be pollution. Yes. It was going to be. Right. So it, Am I it reading was, that correctly? Yeah. yeah. So it was supposed to be um, the way it was originally set up was because this movie was in production hell for years. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Um, and so what was supposed to happen was that um, when it started or when they first proposed it, they started trying to work through it. They originally said, we'll have this one be about oil. It was supposed to be the downfall of mm-hmm. Southern California. Yes. And so the first one was about water rights. The second one was about like oil rights. Mm-hmm. And then the third one was going to be about transportation and pollution. Mm-hmm. Now, they started this way, like started proposing these ideas way before 1988. Like it was, obviously the movie came out in 1990, but it was in production hell for mm-hmm. a long time. Uh, and the original thought was going to be that each movie was 11 years apart from each other. So right. the first one took place in 37, mm-hmm. next one was 48, and the next one would be 59. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
by the time that they, because by the time they got this out there, they had wanted to make the other film still, but then somebody commented, uh, or basically was like, you can't do your movie on pollution anyway, because that plot's already been done. And they're like, what do you mean it's already been done? B- because they used it for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> because it, yes, it yeah. wasn't that far apart, and it was this I guess. Like, kind of a film noir about what it was. It was yeah. Was no. Who Framed Roger Rabbit the third? <laughs> <laughs> no, because no, that came before this, didn't it? Yeah, in eighty eight. Yeah. But so it started before. Yeah. But the the Giddis versus Giddis was that was going to be the third pro- movie. Was like proposed he was, long before, right? Yeah, which is the the whole divorce thing. Yeah, he was supposed to get married and then divorce. Yeah, like he was going to go through divorce. Yes, and at that time, California had the what no fault divorce. Going on? No, it's uh, or and it's it still, was the start of it. Right? No, they still have community property. Okay. Is the, the the thing. So it's uh, like half of all his stuff would have been. Oh, okay. Hers. And then that's, that's still. Yeah. It's an old throwback to Spanish common law. Okay. Where, uh, like, only so many states actually do that. California mm-hmm. being one of those. I think Texas is another one. No, let's, Texas is not a state. Come on, you know that. <laughs> so yeah, no. But let's get back to. I mean, you didn't even give me a plot synopsis, but well, I think I was it's going to. But... Okay, were you going to? Yeah, I was. Okay, go ahead. Uh, after the war, L.A. private eye Jake Giddis is hired by a realtor, Jake Berman. He proves two Jakes. He... Yeah, at the beginning. Oh, oh my like, God! Hey, there's two Jakes. We're Jakes. You're Jake too. We're no. two Jakes. <laughs> the uh, the the producer was going to be. <laughs> didn't the producer wasn't the producer going to be Jake? Like, like yeah. he wanted to be Jake. Yeah. And then um, the the writer said, no, he's a terrible actor. So he said, no, I don't want him to be yeah. Jake. There was a big hubbub about it. There was uh, turmoil on the set. They uh, destroyed a bunch of the set because of that. Well, Legal. Let's let's circle back to it. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, so he's hired by realtor Jake Berman. Harvey Keitel. Yes. He proves the infidelity of Berman's wife, Kitty. Meg Tilly. Yes. And sets up a way for her to be caught in the act. At the rendezvous, Berman shoots the co-respondent, who turns out to be his business partner. Giddis finds himself in the middle of a complicated web, under pressure from all sides, for a wire recording of the fatal encounter. He then realizes that the land the partners were developing was once an orange grove connected with a case that he had never quite gotten over. Mm-hmm. There you go. So there's the the first movie connection. Yes. With the, with the orange grove. Yeah. yeah. So back to the production of it. The, this was in production hell. Yes. So Robert they, Robert Evans. Robert Evans who did wanted Chinatown, and he right. did uh, the Godfather, of course. You know, like right. he's had these got this pedigree of stuff. He wanted to be. Uh, the second Jake. Jake Berman. Yeah. And they were like, okay. But he's not a very good actor. Um, Says you. I've seen him on... <laughs> he would not have done well okay. with this. Not He's not going to outdo Harvey Keitel. Mm. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, they also... Oh, had- Harvey Keitel and Tim Roth confused. Because they were in um, Reservoir Dogs together. It seems a weird thing to get confused. I don't know. It's just the way I am. Um, so <laughs> there was weird. Uh, they were talking about. Uh, so he's he wants to play this role, and they're like, um, okay, I, I guess. And then he started kind of losing it, and he was like, and for people who had seen Robert Evans, mm-hmm. like he started going. He started getting like major plastic surgeries. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So before the film started, you want to look like a cat or something? Yes, he he uh, kept bringing pictures of cats with him to get the look he wanted. And uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson and Robert Town, the author, were horrified um, because Evans had become unrecognizable. At now that let point. me ask you a question though about yeah. about that. So, you know, when he really wanted to look like a cat. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he was. Uh, but they were like, oh, my God. Like, no, 
you can't do this. And so they told him, dude, it's not going to happen. Right. And Especially because result, Jack Nicholson looks like a pit bull. He put on a bunch of weight for this. Oh, sure. I guess so. Well, he because he actually packed on the weight because he wanted it to look like... Was this the first role he had after Batman when he was a Joker? Um... I want to say no, no. From ninety to from eighty five or whatever to ninety or eighty eight to ninety. Go go ahead. Keep yeah, talking. you look. Um, but he was he wanted it to look yep. like Batman was in nineteen eighty nine and the two Jakes was eighty nine. I thought yep. it was earlier than that. Nope. Um. So next time that you want to doubt me on my Batman trivia, no, oh, I doubt you all the time on that. On my Tim Burton Batman trivia. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so I will go ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he uh, after that he, he was put on weight man. to to play Jake because he wanted to appear that he was older and like more settled into his role. Ooh, that one movie is Wolf. That we yes, were talking that about was, before. Yeah, the one we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they uh, basically they talk about in that eleven year period. So he had been to war, like uh, since mm-hmm. the first one was in '37. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, he had gone to war and come back, and he was talking about how some people had been so injured. I think they said that he caught some shrapnel or a bullet or whatever, but like he was able to walk and everything still. Uh, but basically, he got injured, and so he probably wasn't as active. So like, and it, I didn't really notice it as much until like. I just figured it was Jack looking older. And then it wasn't until he was on the golf course scene yeah. where I was like, oh, no, he packed it on. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, it's, it's, it's Yes. Yeah, when he was when, that and when he was driving around after that. Yeah. When he was it's, and it was only because when he was standing next to Harvey Keitel, I was right. like, ooh, like, you know, like age does that. Mm. But, but, but it was. But a few years later, he's going to be fine. He's going to do a few good yeah. men. And then, yeah. you know. Whatever. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but uh, originally they wanted Dustin Hoffman to play the other Jake. Uh, and then they wanted uh, Joe Pesci. Ew. And then they wanted, um, who was the other guy that they wanted? I can't remember, but uh, Joe Pesci was one of them. And, oh, I can't remember the other guy. Oh, whatever. I don't care. Harvey Keitel is in, it, in this movie. And can I add that I'm kind of enjoyed Harvey Keitel's performance in this movie? Yeah, um, it was different. Yeah, it was. Than it I was. than I saw Harvey Keitel, but um, yeah, I don't know really what to say about this movie. Um, I don't know. It's really hard to explain because yeah, there's a lot going on, but there's not a lot going on. Uh, and this movie. Like, when, when was the first one? 1974? I think this movie came out way too late. It did come out way too late. But, way too late. But it would have been it would have been at the 11-year mark. I don't give a shit about that. that that's, you know, we yeah. could have a, you can do whatever you want with with movies. It could be right. five years and be 11 years. But, but at that point, like, we're starting to enter into the 90s where a whole different, like, feeling is kind of coming into things. Right. And the noirs that we're getting, the neo-noirs that we're eventually going to get yeah. through Pulp Fiction and yes. through this other stuff are going to be grittier yeah. and are more nuanced with the time. Yes. And um, in the social aspect of the 90s and... Uh, you got like the the Paul Thomas Anderson movie Hard Eight, yeah, in there. You know, you get, you get like a bunch of these movies. Um, yeah, the Devil uh, Devil in the Blue Dress, uh, One False Move, all these kind of like newer noir movies that are more grittier. And this is more nostalgic. Yes, in that aspect. Yes, uh, especially with Chinatown, but that worked in the seventies, right? I don't think it quite works with the '90s. Well, a lot of the earlier, you get like seven. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think a lot of the earlier neo noirs, like think about like in the in the noir mm. way back, like your villains were not. Uh, your villains were always like small time. It may have been organized crime, or it may right. have been, you know, some sort of race relation situation, or mm-hmm. it could have been just some thug. It could have been. 
you know, right. abuse. It could have been uh, any number of things, like, you know, that was, it was all more geared towards, like, a small-time kind of situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, somebody got themselves into whatever. or and they couldn't get themselves out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When we start getting into the neo-noir piece of it, it shifts a lot to where your bad guys start to be... Like, like anti-heroes, in a way. Well, yeah, they start to... It, your, the bad guys of the piece start to get to be uh, the power structure, the right. existing power structure. Because think about, like, uh, Chinatown, it, you know, like, you're talking about, like, water rights and things mm-hmm. like that. Like, it's you're basically fighting capitalists and, you know, greedy people. You're you're fighting City Hall on this. Yeah, even this movie, you're kind of just fighting, you know, the uppity ups. Well, you're fighting like oil barons or oil and whatever people. else. Yeah, Farnsworth's um, character. Yeah, but think about like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're fighting, yeah. you know, Jessica the, Rabbit. You're, progre- you're fighting progress. Badly drawn characters. Yeah, um, weasels. Weasel. Oh, uh, Christopher okay. Lloyd and yes. his eyeballs. Yeah, you're fighting that. Uh, you're fighting Bob Hoskins. It's true. Mm-hmm. Because when he killed looking Eddie, all daddy, in when that he movie. killed when he killed Eddie's brother, he talked. <laughs> just like you're fighting Baby's Day Out with that roller coaster thing with Baby Herman. Yeah, but that was that was more Honey I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just talking yes, about um, Roger Rabbit now. I'm just talking about Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that's all. Shut your mouth. I don't want to talk about the two Jakes. No. Let's talk about the two rabbits. But no, like, think about like. Ah, no, let's talk about the two rabbits. Film, film noir started to move towards like. Right. You are. It wasn't about. It wasn't about like. Because, because noir, by definition, social. it's not just mobster movies or like mysteries. It's about somebody who's got themselves into a situation mm-hmm. that is like basically them circling the drain at that point. Like, right. You can't get out of it. You know, they're going to pay the price for doing this. The same thing starts happening because like, and it was even more depressing with yeah, that. Because now it's not about you and just your personal thing. It's about suddenly realizing that you cannot beat the system. Right. And so like Chinatown, you know, the two Jakes, uh, who framed Roger Rabbit, um, motherless Day Brooklyn, it, baby's damn motherless <laughs> Brooklyn. Those things, like, um, you can't think about it. Like, it's all corporations. It's progress. It's, you know, the the government saying, we're going to install these things or tear this down or do whatever. It's about fighting the powers that be and realizing you can't beat the powers that be. Yeah, but those those ones don't really get to me as much as the ones that are, like, you know, about, like, just knocking someone down like like they cannot get out of yes it, right yeah there's there's a certain magic to just being there's, one person yeah with... there's a certain magic of like pick up on south street where yes. like that is like a guy that like it just keeps going through shit and yeah. cannot get out of it yes and everyone and it affects everyone around him yeah too to the point where you know honestly uh to me brick is the closest that gets yeah um to being kind of that thing but like after that like neo noir, a lot of times deals with like a larger scale mm. villain. It's about the system putting its boot on your neck versus you know, right? Like seven is more yes. about you know how humanity yep. is so awful and look yes. at what what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. No, I get it. And so, um, but mm-hmm. I even I think about uh, was it under the silver lake? Is that under the silver? I wouldn't call that a neo-noir. I mean, it's sort of. Yeah, I think it's a neo-noir. Mm. And it's got elements of all of this, but like... It's... Even though it seems <laughs> I like, don't know. It's pretty weird. Even though it seems like a, a one person dealing with something, all of a sudden, like, it becomes like a grandiose... That's not noir to I, me, I think that's noir. Mm. It's neo-noir. I don't know, because that guy wins at the end a little bit. Ugh. Kind of and kind of not. Yeah. I don't know. He eats his own tail in the, the end of that movie. Yeah. I don't know. We're talking. I wouldn't say it's a win, but. Whatever. No, but you know what I mean. Yes. I'm just, you know, now we're just talking noir, which is great. Yeah. 
Because I don't really want to talk about this movie. <laughs> no. I don't. Okay, yeah, so I, look, I don't mind this movie. There's there's certain scenes in yes. this movie that I do like. I I liked the little touches of like, is it an earthquake? Is it the oil? Yes. Like like rig, kind of like just coming and and shaking everything up. You know how? I don't know. Did you also read like some guy? There was the history of this movie where some guy when this came out said to the movie people that that this movie uh was shown out of order he yeah he it, and they were was like the the story out of florida yeah. the, a guy he went and said hey yeah. like something's not right here i think this is the film the reels are being shown out mm-hmm. of order and the guy goes holy shit we've been showing this for three weeks and three you're weeks. the first person who noticed right and that's what i mean there there's a little <clears throat> bit of disjointness yeah to this movie where it does it's not all wrapped up in a bow so nicely that you get like a lot with yeah. like neo-noir you know how you do yeah. you know what i mean yeah where you get that where you have that kind of like where you're like oh that makes sense this guy's gonna do this this guy yeah i think i think you know, shane black has where he does that yeah he kind of does a little too much sometimes yeah with the I nice think, guys and stuff yeah, like i think that. where this one suffers for me a little bit is that it's like um it's just like he bounces back and forth between like the bad guys and the good guys. Now I'm going to help you. Now I'm going to help you. And I'm yeah, gonna... but it's almost, yeah, you're right. But it's too much, too much. It's almost like, so we're playing double agent, right? And after yeah. a while, when you're playing double agent, yeah, it gets boring. Yeah. Like there's parts of this movie that are boring. Yeah. Because he's just kind of, is. it feels like it's just repeating itself kind of over and over again. Yeah. There were there's times where I could have actually been that guy in that movie theater because I swear that looking back I go wait that scene with Kate not Kate Mulgrew I don't know why I said Kate Mulgrew Meg Tilly uh, was over here and not over here do you know what yeah. I mean or Madeline Stowe was like over here or you know what I mean yeah like I feel like this movie really is disjointed. Yeah. But not for the sake of art. I yeah. feel like it wasn't written. I don't know. I feel it was, like it's because it's their story. It wasn't a fresh, completely fresh mm-hmm. story. They put in elements from Chinatown. From Chinatown. So like Jake goes and sees Khan. So I think they were handicapped for, from that. Yeah. To, well, they were trying to jam the story in. A seven handicap, by the, the way, which is also... Uh, his Jake's handicap in yeah. golf. Yes. Just saying. Um, so, but they... I can see where they kind of... Because they wanted to connect the two and not just make it like a separate story for Jake, that it ended up causing some issues because now you have to try to find ways to cram these in here. And literally, like, I think you could have pared this movie down... Oh. By... Easily 30 minutes. By 30 minutes. If you would have made it... It's, own story rather mm-hmm. than trying to cram the past elements mm-hmm. in there. I get why they did. Especially this many years, especially after like well, it had been delayed so long and it had been gone through all this stuff. Once you know what's going on, once you know that, oh, okay, they hired, they worked together to kill this guy off because of this and that. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, well, I get it. But then there's other twists and turns that are in yeah. there. And I feel like that's a handicap from leftover yeah. from Chinatown. Yes. Like in a way, right? Well, it, it's and about, about, I thought it was about halfway through. All of a sudden they're like, yeah. wait a minute. You know, um, Mulray, Catherine Mulray, mm-hmm. you know, the, the daughter from the first, you know, movie, she's involved in this somehow. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? And all of a sudden it was like, they started jamming Chinatown references in there. Right, because I, I felt like they had to. Because yeah. they're like, oh, people forgot this is a sequel from Chinatown, remember? And by the way, there's not a lot of sequels for noirs. This no, was like the not. only one I could find. And so that's why we're doing it. Well, there's the Maltese Falcon one, but that's like a weird parody. There's a Maltese Falcon one? But yeah. I thought that was a parody. It's both. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no... Um. Some other scenes that are very weird to me. Yeah, there's some the uh, the green parrot. 
yeah. club is kind of fun yeah. and weird. But I'm like, why is this? <laughs> this? Yeah. Um, and, and then the scene after that, when he makes the one guy, like he gets mad and kind of has like PTSD in a way. Yeah. In the first movie, again, they're like, remember, this is a sequel from Chinatown. Yes. You know, from the end of the movie of Chinatown. And he has that gun and he's like, suck the gun. Yeah. Suck the tip of it. I'm like, you just came from a gay club, dude. Well, because that seems a little odd, but anyway. Well the 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 guy the guy who he makes because uh, it's Loach. Mm. He makes Loach suck the gun. Mm. Loach's dad was the guy who killed Right Evelyn uh, Mulray. Right. And so he makes he basically is Acting like he's going to kill him kind of like revenge right. wise. But again, again, it's all like this family thing. And it's like, oh, we have to like put it in there. Yeah. When like nowadays you just get Easter eggs. Yeah. I feel like they're just beating you over the head with an egg. Yes. And saying this is connected. Remember? Well, and yeah, I'm like, I get it. They, they like, cause it's, it's inconsistent mm-hmm. because there's when he's driving through the orange groves. To get to the, uh, because that's also part of it. They're talking about like oil drilling mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's also they're driving out to what's going to become suburbs, and so it's like the you know, the South uh, South California or SoCal, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, suburbs, and where they're all going to be cookie cutter and they're all going to be. Um, you know, the same mm-hmm. little pink houses. Um for you and me. <laughs> and so but he goes through and he uh he he's driving out there, he sees all the orange grows and he's thinking about like from the first movie. Mm-hmm. And at one point he sits on the edge of this well and he picks up a sign that says no trespassing that has like a shotgun blast through it. Which is from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Now I was like, "Cool," because mm-hmm. I know the reference, right? And instead of leaving it as a reward for whatever, nope. Then they show a clip from the first one where he's getting shot at to be like, "See," and I know home home media was way different. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it is nineteen ninety, so it's not like it's unheard of right. to be able to see these things regularly. You have blockbusters and whatnot, right? But I was just like, "Oh." Like I just wanted it to it's be like, like a trust treat. your audience, even yeah. though, like you said, like it's not one of these things where you can repeat view like on a on a streaming service. Yes, like I get that, like with you, but it seems like they're like, duh, don't you remember from this from the first movie? Yeah, here it is again. Yeah, it's like don't give me the best hits of Chinatown. I don't need that. Yes, and the best hit from Chinatown, Gremlins. Yeah. Was buying a gremlin in Chinatown. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was some of that where I was like, ugh. But I don't know. It was like, I honestly, like, I thought the story kind of came together. It would have been a lot better if they had just left the Catherine Mulray, like the connections to the first one out of it. I, 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 I could have gotten behind Agreed. the story and it would have shaved like 30 minutes off. Agreed. That being said, I uh, like. I think this movie, to me, is worth watching. It's not going to be only like, if you've seen the first one. Yes, only if you've seen the first one. Um, and part of me is, uh, I know, part of me is a little disappointed, and we'll we'll get to this a little bit more that we didn't have the third one because it almost like sometimes you get those where the third one can really bring it back around. Like if the second one is a little bit disappointing. I kind of hoped it, the third one would be better, but I, just, I don't like this movie as much as you. There's that, a, there's part of it that like it just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it just like it's too long. Yeah, it's bo- It's too wordy. Uh, like I get like what we were talking about before. Yeah, like you know what I mean. But that thing, yeah. like what I read to you, was like at least three or four paragraphs. Oh yeah, like sentences long. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and no. I'm like, why do you keep talking about like? The Indians and like gas stations, yeah, and like it didn't make sense. Like when when they're trying to do an allegory, yeah, 
like some film noirs do. Yeah. And have and they use um the narrator aspect yes. of it. Like they do it correctly. Like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is a real good uh way that they do that. Because there's like a meta way that they're doing that. Yeah. But like, oh great, here's another narrator, right? Like he yeah. calls it out right away. Yes. So like you kind of are um, you're uncomfortable to begin with, and then you get more comfortable because he's pointing it out. This I'm just uncomfortable all the way, yeah, because of his allegories are not connecting, and I don't think they're great to begin with, and I don't even think they're allegories. I think right. they have nothing to do with the plot. I don't think they move the plot along. Right. I don't think that they're. Any, I don't even think they're clever. No. Do you know what I mean? No. I don't think it's fresh writing. No. I think it's much of the same. And if not subpar from Chinatown. But I do agree with you that in order to enjoy this movie, you must watch the first one. Yeah, I would, I would say Like, that. if you're just watching the, this one, no. No. Um, can, can I say, like, this movie, and I really think it might be, it might suffer just because of all the crap it went through. But, like, it seems like it was delayed... So the time frame is already wrong on it. You know, like the production yeah, going no, through. I agree. But but also, like, you know, you think about, like, here's Robert Evans, who has done a lot of successful things, who I'm sure was like, hey, we need to pare this down, or we need to go back through here and tweak some things or whatever. Mm. Now, he doesn't have his hand over that. So now Jack Nicholson, who's just like, ugh, like, I got to get this done. I got to, you know probably was just eager to go through things and doesn't have some no. of, I mean mm. if, if he's going to if he's a director and he's got to make the call whether you have less Jack Nicholson or not do you think he's actually legit gonna <laughs> make that call like he should you know no I, I mean I agree and there are some good scenes that, that Jack Nicholson puts us through right yeah that um, that have some merit to him uh, but okay you we watched Chinatown, me and you together, right? Yes. When you let me ask you a question. When you got done with that, were you like, I want to see more? No. Exactly. Right? No, because I I'm I'm gonna be honest, Chinatown is not one of my favorite noirs. Um Chinatown's actually a lot better than yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite neo noir, but yeah. like I understand like that's where neo noir really kind of starts. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, I agree with that. To have that like be the catalyst of like bringing forth to me is Chinatown. Yes. So like it, it holds that placement into it. But to be all like, let's do a sequel to Chinatown. Like I don't think anyone was clamoring on that in yeah. 1990. And I wasn't doing, you know, if I was watching that movie during that time, I wouldn't be all like, I want to know more. No, because I like like that Polanski was all like, here it is, and I'm going to lay it out. Yeah. And it's not like a happy ending, and it's not like a bad ending. It's very ambiguous and very has that like shot, you know, where I don't think it's a shot that where you're like, you know what, let's, let's do more of that. Yeah. You know, I think yes. it's a shot that goes, here it is. It's going to lead to whatever you want to think about. Yeah. And, uh, which is what a noir should be. And that's why maybe you don't get like a lot of sequels right. to noirs. Yeah. Like they were, we talked about that they were going to do one with seven, but that's yeah. stupid too. You know? Yes. I agreed. Just, no. Where he suddenly has superpowers. It, it just, but it cements to me, like what's, why is this important? Why should we have had this movie? Like, should we have had this movie? Would we be you know, worse off if we didn't have this movie. No, no, not really. No, that's why I'm like, no, I, I am okay with it, but like, I agree with you. Like, I don't think this really like adds to the, uh, you know, the tapestry of, Hey, you know, we, this is a, a quintessential neo-noir that we need in our rep, you know, in our catalog. I don't think we have that. I don't think it's worthy of that. It almost like, like I said, it would have been better if I'm glad they weren't like, it's Chinatown too. 
Yeah, I'm glad they didn't say that. I'm glad it had a different name. <laughs> Chinatown 2. Well, yeah. it's not going to because of right. the aspect of the story. But the I, I would have been okay if it was like that yeah. That same character, but just it has to be completely disconnected from the first one if that's what you're going to do. Or it has to like not beat you over the head with like clips of the first one yeah. and be all like, well, like you know, here's the clip show. Yeah. Well, we you think it. about like Jack Ryan, the Jack Ryan movies, you know, we've had several of them played mm-hmm. by def- several different people, um, but they can be standalone stories. Yeah, but flipping through like the the clippings and fade dunaways in them. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. You know what? I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, but when it when it's like, let's show the first movie. Mm. Yeah, that that I did not care mm. for. Mm. So yeah, I yeah. mean I, I think this movie's fine. I think it's worth checking out. Like if you're gonna watch Chinatown and then feel like watching this one, go for it. I definitely recommend that. But well, I also, it's not gonna, it's not gonna break your heart if you don't get to see this movie. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Mm, I don't think so. I think that it will break your heart if you don't see this movie. Oh, you do? Yeah. Why? <laughs> because you'll never know. How you're gonna you... never, because then you won't hear Jack Nicholson say this. Uh, I'm I'm trying to be a gentleman here. Now get on your knees, put your ass in the air. And don't move until I say to. Yes. I mean, that's po- poetry. Yeah, that, that whole scene was weird. Yeah, well, there was a lot of scenes like that that were kind of weird to me. And the golf scene was kind of a little weird to me. Yeah. Where it was almost like, what's going on? Like, like they're betting on the golf. And then, like, Harvey Keitel falls. And I know, like, like that's kind of like what's going on later yeah. on with his health. Well, that wasn't the first time he did that where he fell. Right. Or was being sick. Yeah. But it's almost, but it's almost like, oh, okay. Like towards the end of the movie, like a character's coughing. Oh, well, we know what well, that's, that's going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, again, it just feels hand fisted. Yeah. It just makes me sad. Yeah. Just, and that's sad. why I said it felt more like a TV procedural. Yeah, but like, okay, but like, you have these two buddies, right, that are working for him now. And I'm like, I kind of want to know a little bit more about like the story behind yeah. where those guys came from. Well, you know what? It, it's. I want to do a prequel where those guys were. And like, I think. You could have stories of... like Fargo TV show. Well, well, think about the um, the new Perry Mason. Yeah, correct. Show, where now we got backstory on mm-hmm. people that we were like, oh, you were just some. Perry Mason, you know, <laughs> right? Like Hamilton Burger, you're yeah. like, oh, okay, okay, this yeah. is like a backstory of him. Yeah, she he's helping, yeah, Perry Mason, yes, like get his law degree because he he was the detective in the new one. Spoiler alert, um, but whatever, I don't yeah. really care. Yeah, no, like all of that. Um, I thought we got to delve into a lot of the background, which mm. I really appreciated, and like. The only thing I can think of is, like, if this was, like, even just six-episode miniseries, mm-hmm. one of Chinatown, one of, you know, and each season was, like, a different, you know, 11 years later, 11 years later, whatever, like, show things changing. I could see it more mm-hmm. like that at this point. But I also think you would need to remake them at this point. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You know, why don't we get in the five With questions? With Slater as... <laughs> Greens and salutations. Yeah, I can see that. I, I know yeah. that was always the joke. Was that was always the joke? But Especially I in, Heather, in Heather's, he's doing his Jack Nicholson impression, yeah. pretty much. So yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the five questions because we keep kind of touching on those. Yeah, very much. I think we. Uh, so what? Just skip the five questions. Then no. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think was the best part of the movie? Um. There was like there was some interesting angles of shots that I that I enjoyed mm-hmm. um, in this movie. Um, they were there on the golf course, and the golf ball doesn't go in, and you see the shot from underneath there. Not like like that's a yeah. new shot, but I thought, oh, that's fun. Um, so um, I enjoyed that the cinematography, yeah. the 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 showing the uh retroness of LA mm-hmm. or California um in 
you know, the 1950s. Is it the 50s? 40s. 40s? It's 1940s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah. late 40s. Yeah, or, yeah, early 50s. Um, I, That I enjoyed. There seems to be, like, this movie, compared to Chinatown, because it was, like, 11 years before, there seems to be a little bit more of... And they don't talk about it a lot, but if you watch the trailer to the two Jakes, um, there's this... Like, this was not in the movie, but he talks about how things are faster, like the cars are faster. Yeah. You can get... Um, you know, if you're trying to catch someone, there's now instant film that you can get on. Like everything's kind of a little faster, right? Yeah. At least for nineteen late nineteen forties right. standards. You know, right. things become more of a little bit instant in, yeah. in itself, and um, it kind of has that feel to it where it's almost a little claustrophobic in that aspect of it yeah um where it has a different feel than chinatown yeah chinatown seems a little bit more relaxed and jazzy in a way yeah and then and, and smoky yeah um why this one seems more rushed in that aspect yeah um in the way that he shoots it do you know what i mean um and i appreciated that um it just doesn't follow through for me yeah yeah um I think the best part, I agree with you about like... Oh, being, and, I, and I enjoyed Harvey Keitel for some reason. Yeah, he was pretty good in this. Um, I I liked the cinematography mm-hmm. piece of it. Like, yeah, there was some... I, I don't necessarily blame the cinematography for the length and some of the unnecessary stuff because it's just part of the script and it had to be shot. Um, but I do, like, I loved... Uh, a lot of times the way it was shot, like um, it gave me that kind of classic noir feel on some of them. Um, but kudos too to like the the people who put together the sets and the props mm-hmm. and the everything, like the retro aspect of it, like the late forties. Um, I thought looked really good. Um. And even there were some aspects of the script where they touched base on things that were very interesting that, like, it got glossed over. And I still see people today glossing over them. Like, um, Harvey Keitel, his character is building, um, uh, like, the the subdivisions and and all that kind of stuff. And they have, um, it has a thing on there that says, vets and non-vets welcome. Well, a lot of people had the GI Bill when they were coming back from from fighting, and mm-hmm. so like they were getting the GI Bill where they could pay and get housing, and they could get like schooling and mm. all these things that benefited them. Um, but he makes a comment about like, uh, like I couldn't even get into my into this, mm. you know, because, uh, because he's Jewish, Jewish. Yeah. yeah. And so he talks about how like they know who they don't want next door. Which is something that the GI Bill, a lot of those GI Bill things suffered with, is that even though it was supposed to be offered mm-hmm. to veterans evenly, uh, a lot of people of color and people of you know non you know non white yeah, no, Christian backgrounds still didn't get those things. Um, I thought it was very interesting that they kind of called that out, and it was just like this one little one off thing, and I was like, oh, that's interesting that you know they pointed that out. But then it went nowhere after that. Well, they, I feel like they softened his character towards the end. Yeah. Right? Like, at the beginning, you're like, I don't I, I could do less without this character. Yeah. But then I feel like we're like, oh, okay, I understand why, why he might be doing this. Yes. So, like, the motivation, even though it's, it's something that's actually important, um, he still is doing something wrong. Um but he's trying to move something forward, right? Yeah. Instead of, you know, but like towards the end, I'm like, oh, I've kind of feel bad for him in, in a way. Yeah. More than the girl characters in this movie, which yes. I don't really, and I don't kind of care for the acting that much. Yeah. As far as the femme fatales. I think we're supposed to. Uh, like Kitty Berman, uh, aka Catherine Mulray, the Meg Tilly's character. 
I think we're supposed to like her and identify her, identify with mm-hmm. her. But again, it just seems so weird how it was shoved in there, and mm-hmm. we don't build to it at all. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, even though we kind of called that that was who she was like earlier on, right? Just when it was introduced was just so weirdly ham-fisted that it was like, oh, you know, it. Yeah, because now, like, once the twist is revealed, it's like, now you're supposed to like her. Yeah. Because of that. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to just because of that. Well, they also, that's the whole thing. It's like, it, they, they paint these, some characters as like villainous Mm -hmm. until they reveal something. And then like their personalities are complete 180. Now they're soft. Yeah. Which I'm like delicate. Sometimes I get that. Like when somebody explains their thing and they're like, I'm sorry I had to put on this facade or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. But like, these are just like, I mean, it is like a 180 change with everything. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, let me see here. Do you think this movie stands on its own? Um, no, not if they were showing us parts of the first movie. Yes. No, it doesn't. I completely um, agree. It could have. It could have, like if, if I mean, if you would have just, made just it, mentioned a few things. And yeah, if you would have just made it his story and even put mm-hmm. like a few Easter eggs, like that sign or mm-hmm. whatever, um, or have him say something like, "Well, I've been out here before." Yeah, or we saw the file. He was looking through the file. Yeah, we have that. That's fine. Yeah, but this, like, as soon as he really made the story dependent upon mm-hmm. the first one. It just didn't matter anymore. And sometimes that works, but this one did not work that way. Yeah. It was yeah, almost no. like that way. It was it, too much. Agreed. Agreed. No, I don't think it stood on its own. Yeah. Does this make you want to watch the first one? Does this? You know what? Let me get back to you on that one. Okay. Okay. Yes, it does. Okay. Thank you for getting Wait, back. Wait, no, no, it doesn't. It does. No, it does. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it does. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Chinatown. Um. Yes and no. I mean, it makes me want to watch film noir. That's about it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. It actually you know makes I mean? me want to watch some different neo-noir. Things. <laughs> right. Like and something... Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And Baby's Day Out. I don't think that's... Ba- is Baby's Day Out the one that... Is that not the... Mm-hmm. What? Is that not the one what? Baby's Day Out is a John Hughes film. Are you sure that's not Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No. Who was that then? Uh, Baby Herman. What do I keep in. saying? I'm talking about the where where it's like the baby and they're on the roller coaster. Yeah, Baby Herman. Yeah, well, what is that? Uh, His movies were... What was that called? It was a little short thing that they played on Naughty and Shrunk the Kids. I know. I'm trying to figure it out. Well, whatever. If anyone knows, just go to the Deuce podcast and tell us. Um, roller Coaster Rabbit. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Oh, like, please. Tummy Trouble. But tummy Trouble? What yeah. that? Did that come before Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? Tummy Trouble was the first one. Okay, whatever. I don't know. And then uh, Roller Coaster Rabbit. So it wasn't Baby's Day Out? Is that a John Hughes film? <laughs> Baby's don't tell dead. me that's a John. That's why I kept going. That can't be right. I don't I really know. Don't think that's right. You know what I'm talking about? The baby's on like the anyway. Well, I guess Baby's Day Out is just the live action version of uh, Tummy Trouble, or whatever. The, <laughs> whatever the fuck that short is from <laughs> exactly Roger. correct. Does it make you want to watch the first one, Jeremy? Um, it, like I said, it makes me want to watch some other film. Does noir. it make you want to watch Baby's Day Out? Um, nothing. Does it maybe maybe want uh, baby geniuses? Oh God, no! Baby geniuses too? Oh no! Oh, um, stay tuned. Next week we'll be doing baby geniuses no! too. Tummy trouble, by the way, came out with Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Was it okay? I yes. don't know. Was that the one where they're in on the roller coaster? No, roller coaster rabbit. Well, well okay, yeah, that's the sense. other one, and roller that came out with rabbit. Dick Tracy. That was with Dick Tracy. Yes. Yes. And then the Trail Mix-Up mix up came out with A Far Off Place. I'm sorry. There's a third one? Yeah. Trail Mix-Up. Trail Mix-Up. Yeah. Sounds like when I eat bad trail mix. You know. Anyway. Um, would you reboot, continue, or cancel? 
Um, Fargo the shit out of this. Um, two Jakes it up. Um, make it a, like you said, miniseries six re- reboot kind of thing. Streaming. I kind of like the whole idea of putting Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah. Like you could do that now without dumbing it down for the audience, right? Yeah. So I want to see that. I want to see what that would look like. Yeah. Um, so in a way, um, reboot, but as a TV. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. But, but, my, the, but part of me is like, no. But, but uh, again, like I'm with you. Part of me is also like, no, because we are, it's not, wouldn't be. Wouldn't necessarily be a unique thing at this point, and like I think about like, mm-hmm. like I said, Perry Mason. We kind of have things that fit that need, right? And need. and I'm gonna be honest with you, Perry Mason wasn't such a big hit to begin with. Yeah, there was enough to make it have a season two. Yes, but um, people were kind of turned off by that. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, a baby is killed in the first episode right. of Perry Mason, so it's kind of a turnoff and a very dark, twisted kind of thing. And I don't think maybe people want to see that nowadays. Yeah, with what what is going on. So, um, but also like the the twist in Chinatown is kind of spoiled. Like, what are you gonna? The twist in time it is spoiled, but like that's why. You can't. Well, thanks, Simpsons. You spoil it for us, but um, but you could have Easter eggs then, and we have like where you have moments. The bit, I think, because of that, Why because of you... that twist, they were like, "We got to do another twist." Why did you thank Simpsons for that? Uh, the Simpsons. I swear, the Simpsons did a parody of it. Maybe I'm trying to think if they did. Uh, Venture Brothers did. Maybe it was Venture Brothers. Maybe I'm thinking of that. Yeah. I th- well, I don't know. I thought it was the Simpsons. They, they did lots of places parodied that line of it. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's feeling, like, yeah, but, yeah, but. Yeah, but. I, I feel like they were, we have to do another twist. We have to M. Night Shyamalong it. Put a twist in there because. I think you're like that level of twist. No, but, like, but you know what I mean? But I feel like they were like, I think our audience deserves a twist. So we got to put that in there. And yeah. I'm like, hmm. Do you? I mean, it would be nice, but like you're relying too much on the first one because of that, and then you're making your twist rely on the first one to begin with. Yeah. So no. Um. Yeah. I because I was like, part of me wants to, but the other part of me is like, nah. Let's yeah. Put in other things, or yeah. part of me is like, I wouldn't mind seeing like. If you want to do more of a neo-noir detective kind of thing mm-hmm. that's set more modern day, whether it's a relative of his or like an offshoot of years later family or whether it's just him in a modern setting and no longer, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever, like change it up a little bit. Um, You know, maybe I could see something with that, mm-hmm. but uh, as it's stands yeah i i don't know if that would be the best option but i'd be willing to check it out in a reboot um finally some of your experience in two words oh uh two flakes two flakes <laughs> there's two flakes in there and uh one of them is uh mctilly and the other one no um uh two flakes okay <laughs> so if i say Boo Jakes. <laughs> Boo Jakes. Boo Jakes. There's just Boo. like either something on the aspect of like, like you said, Boo Jakes, where yeah. it's just, it doesn't quite hit. And I don't know if it doesn't hit because like of the production trouble or because I feel like they're like, we have to try a little too hard yeah. because we got to dumb it down a little bit for our audience because, hey, remember this movie? Yeah. This is a sequel to Chinatown. Uh, I get it. Um, so like maybe like unnecessary flashbacks yeah, would be two words that I would say. Yeah. Because I think this, this is a movie that suffers because of the success of the first one. Yeah. And, and I guess my real two words is too late. Yeah. Like too, like, yeah, you, you... T W O too late. No. Like too late people. No. Like, cause like, Jack Nicholson was late on set a lot no t-o-o late oh okay um like it this is something that should have there was a time frame for this movie i feel like to be made 
Mm-hmm. Um, and some movies you can take a longer amount of time and ha- it'll be fine. But this one was like almost too long. Like it, they were like uh, the the script seemed like it was it was headed in a direction in 1985. That seems to be about right of when this movie probably should have came out. Yeah. As opposed to when it did. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Like this, like it was 1990. This feels like, and I know it's set in the 40s, but it feels like an 80s movie. Yes. Yeah, it does. Do you know what I mean? It And it's in that weird spot. Like sometimes like the way a script is written, it fits like a certain time frame mm-hmm. too. Like it, like you said, it feels like an 80s movie. Yeah. Because that's when it should have been out. <laughs> in the right. mid 80s, you know? Um, but I think, like, the the feelings of films in general change over things. So, like, when it got to the 90s, and now we're putting mm-hmm. this out, I feel right. like they were just like... And we're experimenting to... a little bit more about narrative yeah. in the way that film is being produced with Tarantino yeah. and Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, I also feel like they felt the need to also match, like a contemporary tone with it a little bit mm-hmm. too. And by doing that, I think it was like, because then all of a sudden I think that's when we we're getting more mm-hmm. of like the, we added the Mulray stuff in more. Right. Or it's like, like whatever. when it you're just, watching project one way and, and they go, Hmm, that, that dress looks a little bit too matronly. Yes. Could you make me maybe modern it up a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Uh, this was too matrony for me. Yeah. Agreed. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Even that. to the point where the last song is joe stafford and i'm not saying they should have put like an 80s song in there no but you know whatever i'm just saying yeah maybe a little wang chung maybe a little uh tears tears for fears yep perfect maybe some inks in excess yeah there you go i don't know maybe some you know okay some depeche mode would have been nice i can keep going if you want do we have some time to waste about what what i think the soundtrack to two jakes no, we don't. What about the soundtrack to Two Jakes should have been ska? I feel like Two Jakes is a ska band. Two Jakes? Yeah. May- oh, Less Than Jake is. Less Than Jake? Yeah, so maybe Two Jakes is like a cover band for Less Than Jake. Yeah. What about... uh? Or maybe that's like what they they were like, oh, we're less than Two Jakes. It's like better than Ezra's. Oh, we're Ezra. Oh, we're better than Ezra. I can keep going if you want. Nothing about Jacob Dylan. Oh, and the Wallflowers? Yeah. Yeah, but who's the other Jake? Uh, two Jakes. Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Those are the two Jakes. That's one Jake. They're one person. <laughs> Speaking of the deuce, you've been deuced on this one. Jeremy, where can people find us? Uh, people can find us at thedeucepodcast.podbean.com, Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. That's right. Um, a lot of those podcatchers. Uh Apparently, you can find us on YouTube. Yeah, we, if, we're on YouTube If now. the episode is there, you can watch it. If the episode is, is there, probably because we're talking about songs from the 1940s, so yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, also, um, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, at Deuce Podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can follow us if you just uh, click on the hashtag... Uh, hashtag AUN for the Always Up Network. That is our network that we're part of. Um, and that network uh, has all sorts of people who are members of that, people who are... Uh, and they're always up. And they're, they're, we have people all over the world. So there's always somebody up putting out new content. Uh, we have sports mm-hmm. podcasts. We have reading podcasts. We have podcasts from all sorts of different places around the world. Mm-hmm. So... Definitely check those out when you, you tons tons to listen to, tons to explore. Yep, do it because you will you will be happy. Yes, uh, your ears will thank you later. Yep, right. Next uh, next week, well, well, two weeks, uh, we'll be uh, discussing uh, the season two episode three uh, of the Deuce. Wait, no, we're not HBO Deuce. <sighs> <laughs> No, uh, we'll be we'll be off next week, but then we'll be doing a special Thanksgiving episode. Uh, until then, remember the sequel is king.
just of you. 